Oh my my, the days, the days they do go by. We're now on to summer, and uh, it stays light so late. But at some point you look up, and it turns out that the stars are the only thing that makes for light. And so it is on a Friday night in North Vancouver. Where are you? What are you doing? How's the sky look for you? Well, I'm up to no good at all. On this Friday night, I'm digging through the archives and going back into those recordings I made from Clackwood. You remember a couple episodes ago with the Gary Snyder retrospective, as it were, flashback collection. This kind of carries on and starts kind of in mid-process. And it's kind of thrown together from a whole little variety of different clips, so roll with it. But we got some Gary Snyder, and it segues into more clear-cut logging camp, the Wobblies, and finishes up with the words the Buddha spake upon reaching enlightenment. I do hope you get comfortable. Enjoy this ride as we head to the very west coast of Vancouver Island with not but the open Pacific as far as you can see. Postcards from Gravely Beach. All right, here's the next piece. Got it ready for you. Uh, since I've been here in Clockwood Sound, I've been uh, thinking a lot about trees and logging and the pros and cons and all this tension. <sighs> now, Gary Snyder lived in the hills doing his logging thing, so there's a few pieces that sort of touch on this. And, uh, uh, well, you'll see. here it is from Missing Text. Number eight. Each dawn is clear. Cold air bites the throat. Thick frost on the pine bough leaps from the trees, snapped by the diesel. Drifts and glitters in the horizontal sun in the frozen grass, smoking boulders ground by steel tracks. In the frozen grass, wild horses stand beyond a row of pines. The D8 tears through piss fur, scrapes the seed pine, chipmunks flee. A black ant carries an egg aimlessly from the battered ground. Yellow jackets swarm in circle. Above the crushed dead log, their home. Pitch oozes from bark trees still standing. Mashed bushes make strange smells. Lodgepole pines are brittle. Camp robbers flutter to watch. A few stumps drying piles of brush under the thin duff, a toe scrape down. Black lava of a late flow. Leaves stripped from thorn apple. Taurus by nightfall. Number nine. Headed home, hitchhiking, leaving mountains behind. We're all Friday in sunlight. Fighting flies, fixed phone line, high on the lake trail, dreaming of home. By night to my girl in a late bath, she came in naked to the tub. Her breasts hung glistening, and she scrubbed my back. We made love night long, she was unhappy alone. All Sunday, softly talked. I left 200 miles, hitching back to work. Buddha fed himself to tigers and donated mountains of eyes through the years to the blind. A mountain lion once trailed me for four miles at night and no gun. It was awful. I didn't want to be eight. Maybe we'll change. Or make a net of your sister's cunt hair, catch the sun and burn the world. Where are you going now? Shake hands. Goodbye, George Bell. That was a quackatoodle woman saying goodbye to her man. Victoria, B.C., 1887. The mules are loaded, packs lashed with a varja hitch. The grass eaters steam in the dawn. The workers are still asleep. Light swings in their high cornice on the chill side of the mountain. We switch back, drink at the waterfall, start to climb. Stock lotuses burst through the rocks and come up in sevens. 
15, first day of the world, white rock ridges, newborn, Jay chatters the first time, rolling a smoke by the campfire, new, never before, bitter coffee, cold, dawn wind, sun on the cliffs. You'll find it in many old shoes, high, high on poetry and on mountains. That silly aesthetic Watama thought he knew something. Madgalayana knew hell, knew every hell from the Cambrian to the Jurassic. He suffered in them all. The spikes of the new smell driven up nostrils, expanding and deepening, ear muscles straining and grasping the sounds, mouth filled with bright fluid coldness, tongue crushed upon the weight of its flavors. The nutka sold out for lemon drops. What's this talk about not understanding? You're just a person who refuses to see. Poetry of riprap on the slick rock of metaphysics. Easy for me to say. Put a Spanish halter on that horde of a mare and I'll lead the bitch up any trail. How gentle he should have whipped her first. The wind turns. A cold rain blows over the shale. We sleep in the belly of a cloud. You think sex art and travel are enough? Your skin full of cow dung. South of the Yellow River, the Emperor Wu set the army horses free in the mountain pastures, set the buffalo free on the plain of the peach grove. Chariots and armor were smeared with blood and put away. They locked up the arrow's bag. Smell of crushed spruce and burnt snagwood, remains of men. Bone-chopped fowl remains, thick stew. Food for crows, deaf, blind, and drum. Shall we give him another chance? At Nahayim Kuvara, night is gone, traveling to my land, that's a Mojave night. Our night, too. You think brotherhood, humanity, and good intentions will stop it? As long as you hesitate, no place to go. Blue Jay, out at the world's end, perched, looked, and dashed. Through the crashing, its head is squashed. Simplegades and Munanquang. It's all vagina denata. Jump! Leap through an eagle's snapping beak. Estion saw Diana in the spring. It was nothing special. Misty rain on Mount Baker. Nia Bay at low tide. Well, there's some Gary Snyder. Some tricky words. Must be that time of year. Oh, I'm feeling that pull again. Oh, I gotta get away from here. Oh, get back to where my feet can stand. Oh, back to where the trees grow tall. And ain't a sound for miles around. Is it that gravel? And I leave the brave world far behind. Oh, and every breath I breathe is one step close to me. Oh, ease in my worried mind. We're way back in the steeps. Is where I. 
Okay, I'm jumping over to an essay from the book Beloved of the Sky from an essay called Ancient Forests of the Far West, which starts off with a scripture quoted from the Bible. But ye shall destroy their altars, break their images, and cut down their groves. It's from Exodus 34.13 for those of you who are following along. And this essay, it's, it's from a collection about, you know, essays on clear cuts and forests and that tension. And Gary uh, gives it his approach. Here's a chunk. There were also old white guys who had worked in the lumber industry all their lives. One had been active in the industrial workers of the world, the Wobblies, and had no use for the later, later unions. I told him about my grandfather, who had soapbox for the Wobblies in Seattle's Yesler Square, my Uncle Roy, whose wife Anna was also the chief cook at the huge logging camp at Grays Harbor around World War I. I told him about the revived interest in <laughs> anarcho-syndicalism anarcho-syndicalism, and among some, circles, among some circles in Portland. He said that he hadn't had anyone talk wobbly talk with him in 20 years, and he relished it. His job, not bumper, kept him at the landing where the skidding cats dropped the logs off. Although the buckers cut the limbs off, sometimes they left stumps, stubs that would make the logs hard to load and stack. He chopped off stubs with a double-bitted axe. Ed had a circular wear mark impressed in the rear pocket of his stag jeans. It was from his round axe sharpening stone. Between loads, he constantly sharpened his axe and could shave a paper slice off a day, day's work plug in his chew with the blade. 
Ed McCullough, a logger of 35 years, reduced by the advent of chainsaws to chopping off knots at the landing. I didn't have to take this kind of shit. Another 20 years and I'll tell him to shove it. He was 65 then. In 1935, they lived in shanties at Hooverville, Sullivan's Gulch. When the Portland-bound train came through, the trainsmen tossed off coal. Thousands of boys shot up and beat up. For one, a good bed, good pay, decent wood, decent food in the woods. No one knew what it meant. Soldiers of discontent. On one occasion, a cat went out to the landing, pulling only one log, and not the usual 32-foot length, but a 16. Even though it was only half length, the cat could barely drag it. We had to rig two chokers to get around it. There's not much pigtail left. I know now that the tree had been close to si- being close to record size. The largest ponderosa pine in the world, near Mount Adams, which I went out some miles of dust dirt roads to see, isn't much larger around than that tree. How could one not regret seeing such a massive tree go out for lumber? It was an elder, a being of great presence, a witness to centuries. I saved a few of the fan, the tan, freeform scales from the bark of that log and placed them in my tiny altar I kept on a box in my bunk at the logging camp. It and the other offerings, a flicker feather, a bit of broken bird's egg, some obsidian, a picture postcard of the Bodhisattva of Transcendent Intelligence, Manjursi, were not my offerings to the forest, but the forest offerings to all of us. I guess I was just keeping a small note of it. Speaking of the enlightened one, the Buddha, on obtaining enlightenment, spoke these joyful words. Repeated births are each a torment, seeking but not finding the house builder. I wandered through many a samsaric birth. O house builder, thou art seen, thou wilt not rebuild the house. All thy rafters have been shattered, demolished, has thy ridgepole been. My mind has won the unconditioned the extension of craving is achieved. My mind has won the unconditioned. The extinction of craving is achieved. Wow. Meanwhile, back at North Van, I wanted to take a moment to point out that there's a bunch of other recordings from this Clackwood trip because there's like a water shortage and my musings about camp time, beverages, and other hijinks on the Chugalon feed. You can find that at chugalon.com. And of course, this one is postcards from gravelybeach.com. <laughs>